We're talking about the grace of God. And I believe this is about the fifth week. And, uh, you know, we're talking about how that we reign in life through receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. God wants you to reign in life right now. Your life on the earth, you're to reign in the Zoe life of God in this earth right now. But how you do that is you must receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness to do that. So we're talking about the grace of God. And this word reign is a wonderful word. It means to have full and superior dominion. It literally means that you are now established, you're fixed and immovable in who you are in Christ. You're empowered by his ability, the ability of God for everything that you do in this earth. And it causes you to have full and superior dominion in life. And as you walk out your life, that's your witness. Oh yeah, you might talk from time to time too. But when people see your life, the Holy Spirit is going to use that. We're light in this world. So turn to Romans chapter 5. I just quoted it, but turn to Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. And we're just going to believe God for utterance today. Because it says something that's been exploding in my heart. It says that we have access through faith into this grace of God which causes us to stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It's amazing when you start to think about it. If you think of, if grace, well, if grace was a tree, the fruit would be glory, God's glory. The God of heaven will impart his grace into your life and what will come out of your life is his glory. In Numbers 13, God told Moses, listen, as truly as I live, this is an unchanging, eternal law of God. It's a, it would be called an oracle of God. It can't be changed. God says, as truly as I live, my glory will cover this earth as the waters cover the seas. Well, what, what is that? It's the glory that's coming out of you and I as his children. Guys, the glory of God, it's, it's going to go all over the earth. Why does God do that? Because God loves people. And God, see, everything on this earth, eternity is kind of like real estate, right? What's the law in real estate? Location. Location, location, location. When you leave this life, you don't want to go down, Right? You don't want to live in a place called hell, or the, the lake of fire, all this stuff, separated from God for all eternity. No, you want to, when, when you come to the end of your life, you step out of your body, you're in the presence of God forever. Right? It's a lot like we live now, but just a lot better. And all of it is based on a decision. It's really amazing. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says, I set before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. And then in case, because when you're spiritually dead, you do stupid things. I mean, think of the stupid things we do just because we have the sin nature in our flesh. 
God gives us the answer. He says, so, so choose life, and then this is a real big thing. Choose life so that you can live and so that your family can live. Your kids are going to walk in the blessing of God as you follow God. Isn't that good news? See, we look at that. We didn't have death and life set before us. Without Jesus, it was only death. So this is why now that we're children of God, we reign in life. So this scripture here, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, let's go ahead and read it. For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, death reigned by one. Death reigned through Adam's sin. It says much more, and as we've gone through this, I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to these messages, go online, go back and listen to these messages. Because that, that word, we break this down a lot more than we will today because we've broken it down so much. But the word much more, the phrase much more in the Greek, it literally means so much more that it can't be compared. Much more, they which receive. Now this word receive is the key. It literally means to seize hold of, and then it means to continue in. And, and, and that word can also mean to seize hold of, to grow in. So this is something that grows in your life. They which receive, they which seize hold of, continue and grow in, what? The abundance of grace. Well, what is that? We've defined grace a few different ways. Unmerited favor. As we grow in unmerited favor, well, how do you grow in the fact of, of the knowledge that you just don't deserve what God's done for you. That, that becomes a little, a, not as clear as it could be. Is grace unmerited favor? It absolutely is. What is unmerited favor? It's God doing for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. I could never be good enough to be accepted by God. I could never be good enough. I, I needed Jesus. And I was made righteous by simply believing. Not by what I did, but by simply believing. So I grow. I can't really grow in this God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I, I, I don't really, that's not really, I'm not going to grow in that as much. But, but you really see, it says the abundance of grace. And then you really look at that Greek word. It's the Greek word charis. And you could really see what you grow in when you look at that Greek word. Because it means the divine influence on the heart and its reflection out of your life. Oh, now that you can grow in. As I seize hold of the grace of God now, this, I grow in this divine influence on my heart to where now the grace of God is influencing me. And it's influencing me so much now, I'm living in overflow and it's coming out of my life. And then it says, and of the gift of righteousness. Now we know you can't grow in righteousness. When you were born again, you were made righteous. You couldn't even maybe spell righteous. Didn't even know what it was. But righteousness is a position we have with God. We are literally made the righteousness of God. As we grow in the Lord, it seems like we're becoming more righteous, but we're not. We're just becoming more aware of what it means to be made righteous. So what could it be talking about 
growing in the gift of righteousness. See, righteousness, you're made the righteousness of God in Christ. So now you can grow in the knowledge of who you are in Christ. So this is what Paul is talking about here. You're receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. And as you grow in, in this divine influence that's on your heart, as you become more aware of, man, I can receive healing through faith, the healing that he's already given me by his grace. I can receive deliverance from depression and fear and anxiety. I grow in my knowledge of all this. And I grow in who I am in Christ. It will cause me to reign in life to have full and superior dominion in life, to live fearlessly in this world. What's the worst thing that could happen to you? You can die. I remember a story about Oral Roberts when he was really up in age. His doctor's going, Oral, seriously, you're, you're sitting there across the desk from me and you're kind of smiling, you're kind of acting really light about this thing, but you've got some symptoms in your body that, that are really bad. I mean, you could die. It says that Oral Roberts leaned forward and he said, Doc, he goes, please, I don't want to leave. He goes, you're death. He goes, that's so tempting. Don't tempt me. That is the great, that's going to be the greatest moment of my life. I don't want to leave this planet until I'm healed. So stop tempting me with this. See, death, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is you step out of your body and you're looking at Jesus. I mean, the first thing we're going to be, I'm going to be like, wow, do I feel good? Oh, my gosh. And, and I'm seeing things in Jesus. Man, can I, can I worship you on the way to the basketball court? I just want you to teach me. I want to dunk a basketball again. Dunk it not the way I dunk it now where I have to crank the rim down. That's just ridiculous right? It's so funny being around these young people. They get to be 25, 26, and, and they work a little bit, or they work out, and, and, and you know, they're like, oh man, I'm sore. That's like they never experienced that before. You know, when I was in high school, you know, I'd walk in the gym, I'd see a basketball, I'd grab it, I'd go and slam dunk it, you know, like nothing. Now I'd be like, okay, I gotta work out, so I gotta I gotta warm up all the joints and I gotta, you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? Salvation is so wonderful. So it says, God's will is for you to reign in life. So now look at this in verse one of chapter five. It says, therefore, being justified, that means being declared righteous, how? By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse two. By whom, by Jesus Christ, also we have access. We have access by grace. No. It says we have access, what? By faith, by faith in two, right? In two this grace wherein we stand. So, so see, when I, when I have access by faith into grace, it causes me to stand. 
it causes me to rejoice in the hope, the confident, joyous expectation that I will see the glory of God in my life. What does the glory of God look like? Healing for my body, provision for my life. It looks like all this stuff. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's keep going with this. We access grace by faith. So we need to know what faith is. Is that right? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. This is getting so big in me, guys. We have to stop playing church. And I know there's so many of us, man, we're growing, we're hungry. There's so many Christians that sit under the word of God and they don't do it. And realize this, if you're not doing the word of God, it's because you don't believe it. Right? And you're a believer, so stop letting the enemy lie to you because it's really easy for you to believe. All you got to do is jump out of your flesh, stop looking at all the nonsense, and look at the word of God, and you'll start, your mind will start siding with your spirit, and you'll walk out of your spirit, and it's the easiest thing in the world for you to believe. That's how you do it. So let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, let us hold fast, that, that literally means to seize hold of, the profession of our faith without wavering. Why do we do that? For he is faithful, that promised. Because when he says something, it always comes to pass. He's not a man that he should ever lie. He's not the son of man that he should ever repent. That means to change. God never changes. If he spoke it, he'll do it, right? Always. So now, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. This word profession is the Greek word homo logeo. It literally means you could, you could uh, translate that confession, but it's, it's not just speaking. It's saying the same thing. That, that Greek word means, let us hold fast to saying the same thing that God says because he's faithful that promised. So as you say what God says, you will have what you say. This is so very important, faith. Actually, let's turn there. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. We got to look at this again. This is beginning to feel a lot like Wednesday night. Mark chapter 11. You guys know the story. Jesus curses a fig tree. So every time I've said when he cursed that fig tree, it would have looked like it was struck by lightning. That was wrong. Because all that happens to a tree that's struck by lightning, it could burst into flames maybe. It splits it. Sometimes it could still live. That wasn't the case with this. It was dried up from the root. You could tell that this tree died at the root level and it, that death in that tree went all the way up within a 24-hour period, which is supernatural. Peter's like, Jesus, look at this. The tree that you cursed is dried up from the root. Like, wow. Gee, Peter was really impressed. Jesus wasn't surprised. And, and now... Jesus answered all of them because they were all wondering about it. And he said this, verse 22, have faith in God. 
It could be translated have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. And now in verse 23, he's going to start to explain the operation of faith. Now you need to really get this because you can't access grace without faith. Let me show you an example. Hold your finger in Mark 11. We got to go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to look at this. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 8. This is an example that we access the grace of God. Him doing for me what I could never do for myself. Healing my body. Prospering me. Saving me. Taking me from spiritual death into spiritual life. All of these things. And it says it right here. It gives us a great example. This is the initial work of grace in every one of our lives. It says, for by grace are you saved. This word saved, it says, so by grace are you saved through faith. Does that make sense? You could read it like this. For by grace are you healed through faith. Why? Because you have to access the grace of God, the healing, through faith. For by grace... Are you made whole? That's another definition of the word salvation. Through faith. For by grace are you protected and delivered through faith. For by grace are you prospered and provided for through faith. Does that make sense? All of the blessings of God are given to us by his grace, and I must access them through faith. So this is what we're talking about. So now go back to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Because if you have faith, you will say. If you're not saying, you're not in faith. And remember, faith doesn't come by getting in a room with really sweet music and singing kumbaya so that you feel really nice. It doesn't come that way. Faith only comes one way. It comes by hearing God's word. It doesn't come by listening to it. If you're listening to it today, you're not going to be in faith. But if you'll take the word of God and start meditating in it. You'll hear some things today that the Holy Spirit will go grab onto that and start speaking that verse over your life. And as you start speaking that verse over your life, let's say, let's say that you need to make a decision on something in your life. And, and you know, it, but it's, it's, it's not like, okay, should I kill this person or should I walk in love? It's not that simple, right? It's, it's do I do this or do I do that? Do I go to school here or do I go to school here? Do I, do I marry this person or do I not? I mean, some, some of this could get real vague. So if you're in that situation, what do you do? The Holy Spirit 
He always testifies of the word of God. So all of a sudden you start walking around and you start meditating on Romans 8.14. Father, I thank you that those, the sons of God, are led by the Spirit of God. I thank you. I'm a child of God and I declare that I know your voice and another voice I won't follow. And what happens is you, you just start meditating in that. And, and what you're doing, you're saying it over and over to yourself, but what's happening is you're, it's, it's, you're, it's down in your spirit. It's rolling around in your spirit. The Holy Spirit is down in your spirit, teaching your spirit this word. And he will bring revelation knowledge of this word, and all of a sudden, light will go off. Have you ever read the Bible? Or you've heard something and it's like it jumped off the page. And you went from, yeah, I know what that says, to, wow, that's revelation. And when that happens now, that's when you hear God's voice. And I'm telling you, when you hear the words of God, the voice of God, faith is right there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's what we're talking about here. So he says in Mark chapter 11, in verse 23, now he's going to explain this. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever, so operating in the faith of God is not this exclusive club. It's for whosoever. All of the things of God are whosoever will. Jesus always said this, didn't he? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Whosoever will, let him come. This is not an exclusive club. And you don't come to Jesus after you clean yourself up, because you can't. He loves you dirty. And he says, just come. You don't worry about it, I'll clean you up. And I'll clean you up in a way that's very gracious, it's very wonderful, it's going to be wonderful. You can trust me. I love that about him. So it says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that the word of God says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Does the word say that? It doesn't say that, does it? It says that you have to believe. You'll say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. You have to believe your words. Now, Brother Hagin you know, Kenneth Hagin, years ago, he's, he's with the Lord right now, but he made this statement that if you'll notice verse 23, it talks three times about the saying part of faith, one time about the believing part. He said the Lord told him, you're going to you're gonna have to spend three times as much, uh, three, three times the time talking about the saying part. Numbers 14, 28. God said, as truly as I live, whatever you say in my ears is what I will allow in your life. That principle is all through the Bible. Guys, you need to know this about faith. Christians aren't talking. 
The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We need to be walking around all day. I'm redeemed. You see lack in your life. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm redeemed. God's my provider. You see a door shut that you know you're supposed to go through. You, what do you do? You're like, no, 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 door. I command you to open because my God is the God that opens the doors that no man can shut. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? So I got to say it. You want to experience the joy of the Lord in your life? Joy doesn't come. See, what happens is a Christian gets in a really hard situation and they're just waiting for joy and they'll play worship music and they'll do, they'll do whatever they can do to get into joy. But the reality of it is they're never going to experience the joy of the Lord that's already in them until they start responding to the circumstance. Something happens in your life that causes great sadness, that's when you go, Father, I thank you that your joy is my strength. And I'm just stirring up joy right now. Father, I thank you that you have a plan and a future for me. I thank you, Father, that you're always with me, that in your presence is fullness of joy, and I'm always in your presence. And what happens, I mean, it's starting to happen to me right now. It, it, joy just starts coming up. It starts welling up. It's a result of you responding with your mouth. Never forget this. You and I as human beings are the only one of God's creation that has been given the freedom to speak whatever words we want to speak. There is no other creation that does that. Angels, the angels of God, speak only what, what they've been told to say. There's one example where an angel decided to speak his own words. He was Lucifer, and by the time God got done speaking, and he was cast down, he became Satan. He lost his position. You and I have been given the freedom to speak whatever words we want to speak. And with that freedom comes great responsibility because by your words, Matthew 12 says, you'll be justified, right? Or by your words, you'll be condemned. Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21 talk about life and death is in the power of your tongue. So we have to watch what we say. We are speaking spirits. We've been created in the image and likeness of our Father. Now, we're not God, but we're his children. And we are to speak what he speaks. See, we think, because of all this watered-down teaching in the church, because pastors are afraid to upset people, they don't teach the word of God, we think that we, we speak to express and communicate. Usually how we feel. Let me just tell you how I feel. Come on. You're, you're literally, this is what that looks like. Let me just tell you, Mark, what I'm feeling. This is exactly what that, this is the same exact thing as what I just did. Oh, oh, come on in, Satan. Come on in and steal, kill, and destroy in my life. Yeah. Same thing. You, 
Satan knows, God knows, and you need to know. You give access to the enemy by your words. You could either shut him out or you give him access. So you got to be careful what you say. Do you know God doesn't just speak just to communicate, just to express himself? The Bible teaches very clearly that God, when he speaks his words, he's sending his words to do something. And as you grow spiritually, God will help you and teach you how to speak his word in love so that everything you're speaking is going to do something. Think of how much trouble. If you look at church history, read the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. We see that the church is never conquered from without. It's always conquered from within. It's Satan using the tongue of believers to hurt the body of Christ. Always. I would encourage you, make a decision that I am never going to yield my tongue to what that guy wants me to say. I'm going to speak the word of God. So this is why this is so important. Because you, you will have what you say. You actually do have what you say. If you want to change your life, change your words. Your problem is not any circumstance. It's not any person. Your problem's not the enemy. Your problem is an inch underneath your nose. Hello. It's your tongue. Yep. That's right. Now I know that that might sound hard, but that's what you're gonna. If you want to access grace, you got to access it through faith. So you got to get your speaking right. And remember, faith comes by hearing the word. So you only have to be in the word day and night. It's amazing how in, at the end of this age, we have unparalleled access to the word of God. And yet we have unparalleled ignorance in believers of the word of God. I, I say we just say no more. Amen? He'll help us do it. And I got to tell you, if you're not speaking the word and you're not in the word today and you're God's child, he loves you. He's not even mad at you. He's not pleased with you, but he loves you and he's going to do everything he can to move you into a position, to lead you into a position. He's going to constantly be prompting you, come on over here and start choosing life. You can start today. Start reading your Bible. Start, start in the book of 1 John. I say book, it's a letter. It's a couple paragraphs. Then read 2 John, then read 3 John. Then jump over to the Gospel of John. Why? Because you got to know how much God loves you. And then read John, go all the way up through Jude, right up to Revelation. And then jump back to Matthew. And then read all the way through the New Testament. Don't start like most books. Let me start in the beginning. Start in Genesis. Genesis is pretty good. But man, you'll die in Leviticus. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> because you've got to understand New Testament truth 
to understand the Old Testament. Amen? So this talks so much about saying. This is so important. Then in verse 24, he says, Therefore, now this is how the operation of faith works in prayer. I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Now what does that word desire mean? It means whatsoever things you call for. Whatsoever things you require. Whatsoever things that you're making a demand for. You're not demanding, you're not, you're not telling God what to do. No, no, no. You're requiring what he's already done for you to be in your life. God's not doing anything for you. He's, Jesus is not going to the cross again. He did everything for you. You have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. Every promise of God is in Christ, yes and amen. You have it right now. So now it's not a matter of God giving it. It's a matter of you, you receiving it so that he could perform it in your life. So what things soever you desire, whatever you call for to make a demand for, whatever you uh, require, what, what do you have to do here? You believe, right? You see that? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Believe that you receive. Believe that you seize hold of them and you'll have them. You seize hold of them with faith. You still don't see it on the outside, but if you do that, you will see it on the outside. You'll have it on the outside here. We don't walk in victory experientially in the church. We walk in victory, or we don't walk in victory in theory. We walk in victory experientially. So, so very important. So go to 1 Corinthians real quick, chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 11. I read this verse again to the people Wednesday night. It gives us a picture of the Old Testament, because we're going to run back to the Old Testament. But I want you to see this. It says here, in verse 11, Now all these things happened unto them, for in samples, all these things that we read about that happened to the children of Israel in the Old Testament were written to be our example, our pattern. This Greek word means pattern, example. Those are the two clearest. That's why they were written. And they are written also for our admonition. They're written, this Greek word means they're written to call our attention to something and to warn us upon whom they're written, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Literal, in the Greek language, that means to when the fulfillment of the ages has arrived. What is that? That is the church age. 2,000 years ago, the fulfillment of the ages has arrived. The church age arrived, and now we are in the age of grace, the church age, and it's about to come to an end. Jesus is coming back for his church and then Jesus in a short period after that is going to come to this earth and set up his kingdom on the earth. So this is what this is talking about. So now go back to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now real interesting here. Deuteronomy is kind of a letter it's, it's, it's Moses' farewell address. You know, one thing you learn about Moses, the Bible said 
he dealt with these children of Israel over and over. They'd murmur, he'd go to God, and then, then God would show mercy, all this stuff over and over. But one time when they were really murmuring and everything, God told them to speak to a rock so that water would come out. And if the Bible says that he responded in the same indignation that the people responded. And he hit the rock. God still brought water out of the rock, but guess what? And this is, this is something for your confession that you've got to know. Because Moses responded to the people in the same way that they were responding to him, it kept him. The, he got what the people got. He couldn't go into the promised land. When somebody speaks death over you and you speak death back, guess what? You get what they get. And everybody said, say la. Because seriously, we don't teach this enough. This is why when you, somebody speaks bad about you, what do you do? You speak good about them. You respond out of the love of God in your heart and you'll realize that they're not your problem. You'll realize that the enemy's probably working in their life or they're going through something and they're not acting the way that they should and you'll forgive them and love them and you'll bless them. Father, help them. Because then you walk in the blessing. But boy, if somebody's eating your lunch and you start, you start talking bad about them, guess what? You've now qualified to walk in that same curse that they're walking in. We don't want that. Now that was like a commercial break. So that don't cost you anything. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Where do I want to start here? So think about this. Moses already went through in Numbers with this generation. So in Numbers 14, 13 and 14, the people said, hey, they came to uh, Kadesh Barnea, right, right, ready to go into the promised land. The 10 spies gave 10 reasons why they couldn't go in. The people says we can't go in. They never went in. The whole generation, because they chose not to believe God's word, died in the wilderness. Now, here we are, and they're going to go in 40 years later. Everyone, the only ones that are left is everybody 20 and under from that generation are now the new generation of the children of Israel. They're standing in the same place. Are they going to go over this time or are they not? We said this Wednesday night. Here's a spiritual principle. God has a plan for your life. And as you're walking in that plan, if you ever get to a place where you say no and you choose not to walk in it, this is what will happen to you. You'll go around the mountain and you'll go through a bunch of junk that you don't have to go through. And then you'll all of a sudden, you'll come right back. You'll never be able to do this. You don't go to step two until you finish step one. So here's the children. Remember, this is our pattern. You know another pattern of the children of Israel? The land of Canaan was their inheritance. Our inheritance is spiritual truth. It was 10 cities, 28 battles. Here's a principle. Do you know the biggest city? You'd think God would have warmed them up with a littler one. No, the biggest one they faced was the first one. Because we think, well, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm serving God. He's going to be really nice to me. And no, 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 no. 
No, I mean, you might feel the, you might have to go through the biggest, but, but remember, the battle's not yours. The victory's yours. Does that make sense? So many don't want to hear the truth. So, so another thing is, God never sent them to more than one city at a time. So when you come to God and going, okay, I'm going to be a man of the word. I'm going to walk by faith. I have no idea what I'm saying right now, Father, but I'm just going to be willing and obedient, and I'm trusting that you're going to help me. He won't start, he won't start having you work on four things in your life that's a mess. He'll have you work one thing. That's the example with the children of Israel. God would send them to one city. Battle's mine, victory's yours. Once that happened... God said, get strong, fortify yourself here, and then he would lead him to another city. So when you start trying to walk with God, he'll have you work on one problem in your life. And here's how you work on problems in your life. This is how. It's real simple. You give it to him. And he, and he works it out. But how many times you just don't want to give it to him because you're like, I don't know if I could live without this. And oh my gosh, you know, you just try to keep this a secret from everybody. There are no secrets with God. He loves you. So you give it to him. He works it out. And as you're walking, all of a sudden, you'll think, man, I'm doing great. And then you'll turn the Bible and you'll read a scripture and go, wow. And then he'll go, here's another area of your life. He's like, okay, Tony, give me this one. Now, when Satan sees this pattern, this is what Satan will do. You got to start working. Well, what about this area? And what about that area? And he'll try to get you with 19 balls going up in the air, working on 19 different things at once. Why? Because he wants you to work on them. You're working. And if you're working, that's called works. If you're working out something just that you think, it'll never work. We only work out what he's working in. So he'll, he's very calculated. And then all of a sudden, he'll send you over here. And what you don't realize is four other areas of your life, when you give him this area, he just takes care of those other things. And that's how you grow spiritually. Does that make sense? This is why even, even me as your pastor can't work out your own salvation. Oh, I pray for you and I see things in your life. It's real easy for me to see things in people's lives because I'm like going, yeah, I see that. I've done that. Wow. Right? I mean, it's so simple, like little kids. It's hilarious. You know, little kids... Everything that they will try to do to their parent, their parents tried to do. So there's no, it's simple, right? So here, here's the thing, we just don't hide anything from God. We don't play church. And, and I can't walk out anybody else's salvation because, you know, I might have four things in my life that are really not right in my life. But nobody can tell me, nobody can work out my salvation because how do you, do you know what the first one is? No, you might think because this part of Tony, he's really messing up. This one looks really bad. You need to work on this one first. And God's like, no, no, no. He needs to work on that one first. Man, he really needs to stop beating people up. And God's like, oh, no, that's not the deal. It's over here. He needs to start thinking right in this area. Now, that's a pretty extreme example. But do you see my point? So don't work out anybody else's salvation. You know how many people I've... Now, we don't have it much anymore where people will go, yeah, somebody came up to me after church and just kind of 
blasted me about some things I need to do in my life. You know what that person who blasted you is? This is what they are, a baby. So just look at them and smile, and just like you would a little kid, and go, okay, thank you. Walk away and just, Father, I'm going to follow you. Don't blast them back. Otherwise, we got to get the pacifier for you too. Does that make sense, right? So, so these, these principles, boy, I'm running out of time here. But that's okay. We're going to have to get to Deuteronomy chapter 11 another time. You know, I, yeah, let's do that. So what I want to leave you with today is this. You access the grace of God, what he's done for you, through faith. You access what he's given you with your mouth. Does that make sense? So you got to watch what you say. Very, 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 very important.